Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everybody. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here interviewing Robert Abatello of Clearpoint Acupuncture. Um, so welcome, Robert. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you were able to make it on the show and to talk about all the really amazing things that you do here in Northampton. You're, you're even right here in Florence. I am like, I can throw a rock at my office from here. Let's not throw rocks no, no at rocks. our own offices. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's some kind of metaphor in there that we should be aware of. <laughs> um, so, so you, on your website, you really, you have a lot of, I can tell that you are a lifelong learner because you have, you're an acupuncturist, you are an herbalist, you are a homeopath, um, you have a background in integrative nutritional consulting. Um, you have a kind of a catch-all healer vibe to you um, and a, a naturopath. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, what, how, much, how much crossover do these modalities have when you start studying five, six, seven, eight major systems? What's well, the crossover? I think they have a lot of crossover, but I have to be very clear with you. Um, as far as the naturopath part goes, mm -hmm. I did practice as a naturopath here in Massachusetts for 10 years. Also before that, I was in D.C. Um, but the, um, the naturopaths that uh, I call them Western naturopaths, they call me a traditional naturopath, they've taken over Massachusetts. Um, and so uh, at that point, which was like a year ago or so, um, I wasn't able to say I'm a naturopath, so that's why I'm kind of making a correction there. Okay. Yeah. So you know, so I, but my scope of practice. Sorry, Robert has a little cold, so we are just going to be uh, careful about the cough here to to honor you guys. Um, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning how to heal a cold. No, that's yeah, not we're true. all learning I just how to heal. Yeah. Um, Thank God our, our bodies you know, know how so to take care of that. My scope of practice in Massachusetts is everything that a naturopath can do. And in actuality, a naturopath, unless they are specially certified, can't use Chinese herbs in this state. I'm sure they do, but they're not supposed to. And they're not supposed to do acupuncture, but then they do this weird thing they call it dry needling, Okay. which is a weird of course they're dry needles <laughs> so is that is that the major difference between um the traditional naturopath and the kind of legal legalized version in massachusetts well, the legalized version is more like you know it's more like a western doctor you know they'll they'll do you know blood work i can do blood work as well but you know they do blood work and they do lab tests and they have a white coat and you know they act like doctors and they 
they, you know, so they, they're primary care doctors in a lot of states, not really in this state. Okay. But I just wanted to clarify that because I don't want anybody coming after me. I know that on January 1st, when the law changed, mm-hmm. I got a call at 6 o'clock in the morning because one of my ads that were on there um, still said naturopath. Gotcha. And somebody called up and, and she said, you know, on a, I couldn't trace the number. It's, she it's said, being regulated differently yeah, now. She said, you need to change that. I am a naturopathic physician and you are not anymore and it was like really weird but i did find the ad and i it was a mistake but it did get cleared up so So i don't want anyone to think that although my scope of practice has not changed since you know not being able to say i'm a naturopath so it's all good okay it really is so so it's it's more in um so you have the the training in the background but um but legally there's just some yeah some differences I, I didn't in, want to go back things. to school for another couple of years so I said yeah ah. you know and I think that's a good thing to remember it's like if it's not um if it if that's a path that feels like it has a lot of resistance and it, it's not our passion then we we choose to take a, a simpler route yeah just by name I do all you know homeopath naturopath would do that herbs a naturopath would do that uh supplements a naturopath would do that um you know dietary concerns a naturopath would do that you know exercise cleansing techniques uh, uh saunas etc very traditional naturopathic so tell principles. tell me um let's get back to the the original question um what's the <laughs> no I'm, I'm i am really glad that you kind of cleared that up because i think it's important for consumers to know the um the legalities behind the work that we do because often when we're looking for people to work with for healing professionals um there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that um that people aren't always aware of so so thank you for for giving us that clarification mm-hmm. um so but but when you do study all these different modalities how what is what is the overlap for you what are the things that you have noticed um in the similarities in these different modalities well that's why i call it integrative healthcare because everything does overlap you can't really talk to somebody about healing unless you say well what's going on with your diet and if they're like eating Twinkies and drinking Coca-Cola and eating burgers, I mean, I love a burger, but, you know, if that's all they're we would doing. call them a teenager. Right? If that's all they're doing. <laughs> Just kidding to anybody who's listening that enjoys that stuff <laughs> as an adult. I, I mean, yeah, if pizza was a health food, I, I would be an Adonis, but, I, you know, I can't eat pizza. But if you don't ask someone that question, then you could stick needles in them. You could give them supplements. You could tell them to run around the block. It's there's going to be an impedance there, and if you just say, "Hey, change your diet, lose some weight," there's still other things that need to be taken into consideration emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. You know what happened in your last relationship? Where are you in this relationship? All those things really matter when you're healing. Uh, you know, doing that work. So that's why there is a crossover, and it's really important. That's why I never stop studying. Like tomorrow I'm going to Nashua, New Hampshire. I'm doing another seminar. I just came from Florida, did a seminar down there. You just can't stop because everyone comes to me and they go, oh, did you hear about this? And I go, well, um, sometimes I do and sometimes go, no, but I'll check it out. And sometimes it's weird, and I go, like, I don't think so. And sometimes I go, you know what? I'm going to check that out. I'm going to order that stuff. I'm, gonna, I'm a muscle tester, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'll bring it in, and then I'll muscle test somebody. And if five, six people with the same problem test for that product, and I get the result, not just test for it, but I get the result, then I bring that product into, my, into what I carry. 
so that if somebody comes in, I go, oh, yeah, let's try this. So you you grant, uh, you grant kind of leaned over, um, uh, w- what is muscle testing? How do you understand muscle testing? It's also known as kinesiology, Kinesiology, right? yeah. So, you know, muscle testing is that weird um, spiritual thing that, um, uh, well, some people say it's spiritual. It actually started with chiropractors. And actually the way muscle testing works, you know, somebody will have their arm up and you'll give them a substance or say a word or have them imagine something. And then you test what's the resistance. Are there, is their arm strong? Is it weak? The, so when they started with chiropractic, they would actually use like a, a, a little scale, you know, like a push scale to measure how many pounds, hmm. you know, because people always say, oh, you're pushing harder or you're not pushing as hard, like, I'm, you know, trying to fool them or something. But they started by using a scale and they would measure like how many pounds, you know, per square inch it took for the arm to go to become weak. So you would get some kind of response from a substance. Um but it is a tricky thing because you could, like when I'm with kids, this is the greatest thing. Kids come in and I'm muscle testing. I work with a lot of kids. You know, they have ADD or anxiety or whatever. And, they, and their mom brings them in and I start muscle testing. Maybe there's a couple of siblings or some kids from the, you know, that came with. And they're watching me. Kids are very astute. When oh my they, gosh! When they yes. when they see energy going on, they feel and, everything. Yeah. So a muscle test, I go, okay. So um, you, you know, at some point the kid goes, "Oh, that's good for me, right?" And I go, that, "That's right." But the other kids in the room, the second we we stop and we figure out whatever their program is, they start muscle testing each other, and they grab the other kid's arm and they go, "Oh." Betty loves Billy, and they take their arm and they like rip it down and and say, "See, see," and it, it really doesn't work that it's way. It's not you, quite you like could, that. You could force things, but the point is not to force things, and that's why I've studied many different kinds of muscle testing from many different people, um, and then I integrated that and I use several different techniques for testing the same thing, and if I get some incongruity. That, that, I don't think I said that word right. But if I get something that's not right, I'll go, you know, two of these tests were a yes and one was a no. Then I go back and I, I reevaluate. And I want to make sure that that is something that would really help. And the other thing uh, on muscle testing is you may need one thing, you know, product A. But product B is actually better. So if you just test one thing, product A, and you go, oh, yeah, that's good, without testing it against product B, you may not get the very best. So you always got to go a couple things ahead of time. So basically muscle testing, I think, to, to wrap around, is just using the body's innate understanding of its surroundings to determine is this good or is this bad. It's a very binary good or bad. And, and when you say good or bad, it, like good or bad for the body, good or bad for the mind, good or bad for the emotions. Depends if you're if you're using like homeopathy and you have a lot of um, remedies that are for anxiety or for neurotransmitter issues or or for emotional issues. Well, then you're testing that. Or if you're testing, you know, somebody has a, you know, a, a non-functioning thyroid, and I look around, they don't test for anything, and then maybe I'll test vitamin A, and they go, oh, vitamin A. The thyroid needs vitamin A. Maybe they just didn't have enough. Give them vitamin A, boom, their thyroid's functioning. 
So when someone walks into your office, where do you start? Well, from a, I really start traditionally with the 10 questions. Which so, 10 questions are those? <clears throat> you know, hot, cold, um, standing, sitting. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. This, these kind of things. Like, you c- can you? Are you? Is, like, what, what is? Well, like, if the person says, oh, my back hurts. And I said, well, does it hurt when you're standing up or laying down? Okay. Uh, is it worse when it's hot or when it's cold? Ah. Um, does the rain make it worse? Or, you know, is, is it when it's dry, it, it, it's worse? Okay. So there's a series of questions. Okay. You could also do the pulse. I don't use the pulse because it's kind of tricky. If someone drinks coffee or they're on some pharmaceutical medication or they just drove across town, you're going to get some really weird pulses. So it's not that accurate. I'll look at the tongue. Um, but I like the 10 questions because the person will tell you what's wrong with them. Hmm. They'll say, well, you know, this is the problem. And then I kind of suss it out. Like, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. So I start with the 10 questions. I look at their history. And then I basically say, well, out of all the things you just told me, which ones do you really need me to address? Which one would feel the most important for What's you to What's the get priority rid of? for you? And then we start, you know, we start there. But the most important thing is... If someone has five different problems, I'm looking for what connects those five problems. You know, what what product A, what supplement A, what herb A, what acupuncture treatment addresses all those things simultaneously. And that's when you get the best results, when you say, oh, wow, all these five things are connected by this particular imbalance. So if we fix that, then all these other things fall away. So that's why I think muscle testing is so important because I can I can quickly get to that without spending, you know, 10 days, 10 hours, whatever, trying yeah. to figure it out. And I think that's something that, you know, people really want and they get frustrated with in traditional, you know, when you go to the doctor to an MD and they often will get very frustrated because it will take visit after visit and test after test and months and months and months and sometimes years until they can find out, you know, and I'm doing air quotes right now, like what's wrong with them. And it's, the the frustration of not knowing and even if we don't know what it is it's nice to have somebody who can do that in a streamlined fashion yeah. well for instance just the other day just comes pops to mind um patient of mine you know for many many years calls me up says oh i i I fell or something happened to him. He was walking and he hurt his knee. He went to the chiropractor chiropractor says i really can't treat you unless you have an mri because i don't know if you have a you know, tear or whatever. And so I don't want to do anything. So you have to go get an MRI. Well, if you look at the cost of an MRI, by the time he's done going to his primary care, trying to get somebody to say, yes, you need an MRI instead of something else. And then you get an MRI. Then you got to go back to the doctor to see, well, what's the results? You're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. So he calls me up. He says, what do you think? So I muscle test and I say, I am 80, what did I tell him? I said, I am 98% sure that you know you don't have a tear and come in the next room, I'm gonna treat you. And he's like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Why not, at that point, why right? not? It's like, come on. And so then the next day he calls me up and he says, you know, he thanked me. He said, it's always nice to get a thank you. He says, I am 97% better. Whoa. So obviously, you know, it, it, it wasn't a, a tragic thing. It was just, you know, he torqued his knee and 
just got fixed. But that's really inspiring, though, to be able to, you know, have results, quick results like that. Yeah, and people ask me, oh, can I, what do you think? Do you think I should get a test for heavy metals? Or you think I should get a test for candida or, you know, those kind of things? I, I could say, yeah, listen, I'll, I'll have you run a test, but it's going to cost you. But I'll do a muscle test. This is what I think. By the time you spend the money on those tests, you will know whether I can help you or not. And most of the time, it, they've saved a lot of money. And that brings me to a question. How, when somebody walks through your, your office, how can you tell if you can help them or not? How, how do you know if you're going to have a, from a, from a practitioner point of view, how do you know if that's going to be a good relationship and you'll be able to help them? Not a good, there's no way to know that. Do you muscle test for that? Well, you know, sometimes I do. Like, if I seem like, you know, wow, this is just like way too bizarre. I don't, I don't understand what's going on with this person. And that happens sometimes. Um, but most people that come to me, I put them in the category diagnosis train wreck, which means they have like 20, 30 things that are going on. And finally they said, I need somebody to help me. So it's kind of like I go through that. But um, I never know if I can help someone other than I go through the process of taking the history and saying this is going on. And the way I work is I tell people, I say, listen, I would like to see you once a week for five weeks. You start the program, we'll do everything. At the end of five weeks, you either hire me or fire me. And what that's based on is do you feel that you're making significant progress more than you've made before? with anything else you've done do you feel comfortable that you're moving in the right direction that you're spending your money you know appropriately and that this is helping you because if you don't i want to cut both of our losses because i don't want people running around saying yeah i went to him for two years mm. and he, he took all my money like i don't need that so what so how many weeks did you say that was five weeks five weeks at once a week and then that's that's the the check that's the point. checkpoint. That's when yeah. we say, okay, uh, this is working, this is not working. And, uh, you know, most of the time it's working. We move forward. We, we, get the, we get the job done. I think that's a really, really good rule of thumb. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Energy Matters, and we are here chatting with Robert Abatello, who of ClearPoint Acupuncture and Integrative Health. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about... Um, how, how did you first get into this, this healing path? What, what drew you into this work to, to begin with? I think it's a layered kind of twofold thing. But the, the origins, I would say the origins, was when I was uh, 15 or 16, I had an ulcer. And way back then, an ulcer was like you eat mashed potatoes, milk, and butter. Oy. It was like some white, weird white diet, okay. which is like the worst thing for an ulcer. And it just wasn't going away. It was, it was really bad. And um, I had a, a friend, I call him a hippie friend. Okay. Who actually went on to do the weather in Arizona. Oh, <laughs> nice, it's clear nice, and dry nice every job. day. <laughs> yeah. And, and play classical music. Oh, that sounds um, like a lovely he said, career. Oh, he said, listen, you've got to check out this um, uh, meditation, you know, transcendental meditation. And so, well, I'll try it. And at the time, it was 30 like 35 bucks and you had to bring a hanky and a piece of fruit and a flower that okay. was that was what it cost to learn transcendental meditation wow so i went and i said well what do i got to lose i'm like i'm in pain uh, you know and so we went there and they taught me you know the technique 
And then the guy says, okay, now you're going to sit here for 20 minutes, and uh, I'll come back, and then we'll talk about your experience. Well, I closed my eyes, and poof, like white light, ecstasy. Mm. It was like, I mean, I wasn't there. You know, I was just like, poof. And then all of a sudden he comes in, and he goes, well, how was your experience? I said, well, like who should have told me this like, you know, a million years ago? He's so, so is good. I said, yeah, I, I like closed my eyes. And the next thing I know, it's like white light. It's like bliss. It's ecstasy. It's like, oh, my God. And I'm like all excited. And he goes, well, kind of like with a scowl. I mean, there's people like this in this world. He goes, well, you really weren't supposed to have that experience, you know, the first time. It takes years. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, it didn't. I still did my meditation 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. I actually worked at a steakhouse at the time, and I used to go in back of the steakhouse, like in the, where they put the big things of potatoes, and I'd hide behind the pallets of potatoes, and I'd, I'd do my chanting, you know, internally, because it's transcendental meditation. I'm sure the potatoes loved it. I'm sure yeah, that they was were vibing, really good like, vibes into the vegetable. Um, if you're just tuning in, we're listening to, you're listening to Energy Matters, and we're chatting with Robert Abatello. So I would do that, and in two weeks, literally two weeks, the ulcer's gone. And it, it had been like a year, a year and a half, whatever, like forever. Wow. Ulcer's gone, never came back. I, I, you know, I kept meditating. Still to this day, I meditate. And you're supposed, they tell you, don't ever tell your mantra to anyone. But I did tell my mantra to you know one of my spiritual teachers, and he says, "Good mantra, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Good mantra, keep doing it." Yeah. Um, so you know, whenever I get in a jam, you know, um, I'm like, yeah doing my mantra, doing my mantra. So that was kind of the first glimpse. And I'm like thinking there's something beyond where we're at, you know, beyond the steakhouse. And also learning lesson in that story too. When people tell you that you shouldn't be experiencing something, that is a red flag and please ignore, please ignore. Totally ignore, totally ignore that. Uh, um, but you know, I, it, it was a great experience. Um, but as things went by, I went to college, um, and I was going to college to become a lawyer. You know, a little Sacco and Vincetti and all that kind of nonsense. And But it was very stressful. And so I used to, because I've had that experience, I used to go to the Ananda Ashram in Monroe, New York. It was like the first ashram in the United States. Uh, and what people don't realize, it's like the first church in some third world country. That was like the first ashram in the United States. So everyone that has taught in the United States basically came through that ashram. Wow. You know, Sri Prabhupada, who started the Hare Krishna movement, he was a cook there. I mean, just things, just people came through there. So I was going there, and I, that's where I got my, I started doing yoga to get myself through college. And one day, this doctor from California, an acupuncturist, came. It was like an autumn day beautiful warm next to the lake and you know the leaves are falling from the trees but it was just such a beautiful day and they said oh you know like after class we're going to check this out and so this guy laid down on this uh, you know on, on a blanket and the, the the acupuncturist put some needles in and we stared at this guy for like 20 30 minutes like it was a tv show <laughs> just like oh my god he's got needles in him and he's just laying there and just so then, the first they, time, first just like, what is this? What? What's going on? And this was like, this was 1977. Mm. So, way back then, it's like, yeah, there weren't very many acupuncturists in the whole country 
Well, wow. except for the Chinese. I didn't realize that acupuncture was that recent in terms of coming to the U.S. Yeah, I, I've been in practice for 35 years. Wow. My license is number 96. Wow. They are way up into the, th- I don't know, maybe 10,000, thousands. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, way back then. So, in any case, the guy gets up, and we're walking down this beautiful dirt road next to the lake, and he goes... I, I said to him, I said, how did that feel? And he says, I feel very centered. I feel very grounded and calm and peaceful inside. And I'm like looking at this guy like he's an ice cream cone. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, that is, that is incredible. And, but what came into my mind, and this is the weirdest thing, is that's what I want to do with my life I want to do that for people. I want to give people acupuncture. It never occurred to me, oh, I should get some acupuncture. And as a matter of fact, it was like two years into acupuncture school before I ever like got acupuncture. Wow. It was like not just my, knew it that wasn't it was my path. interest to get needles in me. <laughs> well, that must, mm. you must bring a lot of that to your patients that might, might have a little uh, kind of push from the, the needle you know, insertion or things like that, having that kind of background and understanding yourself. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, it's, but I did eventually get acupuncture and it did work, did help. And yeah. that was the original bumper sticker, acupuncture works. Because what else can you say about it? Even to this day, I can elaborate on it. I could talk about esoteric acupuncture, the Lemurian culture, Atlantis, and all. I could talk about whatever I want about acupuncture, but what it comes down to is it works. And all you need to know as an acupuncturist is how to make it work. And it doesn't, it has nothing to do with Western science. They're always saying, oh, it, it stimulates endorphins. Well, then how do those endorphins you know, fix a guy's knee for more than how long do endorphins last? They don't last that long. But, you know, two weeks later, two years later, years later, the person, those aren't endorphins that fix that. So they, they stop saying that, and then they say other things, and they say other things. But nobody knows. I'm telling you, nobody knows. Anybody say that they know, they don't know. Well, I think we're trying to understand so that we can wrap our brain around these. It's always good to try and understand, but I'm at the point where I think back to the original bumper sticker. It works. You just have to find somebody who knows how to work it. And if you're a healer, you just ha- have to know, well, how do you make this work? How do you, how do you make this happen? And I think that that relationship, like we were kind of talking about earlier, when you have somebody who comes through the door, can I help this person? Is it like the right relationship? Is it the right fit? You know, I think that um, the modality is incredibly important. Um, And also I think that the relationship between the two people is also very important. You know, and that that brings up a point because people say, well, I don't believe in this. You don't have to believe in it. It's like you don't have to believe in the moon. It's there. Right. You know, it's like (laughs) you don't have to understand it. You don't have to believe it. It's either going to work or it doesn't work. That's what the five weeks are about. But when it comes to like, well, can I help somebody? Um, I rarely ever fire a patient. It's not a thing that I do. I always really feel that no matter how bad it is, how complicated I can help them. But I do remember this one this one patient who I just like we just didn't get along. We were we were arguing like. Why am I arguing? I said, listen, I know you drove a long way to come see me. I'm going to give you $50 to cover your gas because I don't want you to feel bad about this experience. And she said, no. I'm like, what do you mean no? She said, 
I chose you and you're going to help me. She had, she had breast cancer. And I'm like, you know, this is just something that I, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable with. She says, no, you better get comfortable with it because you're going to help me. And I'm not doing the drugs and you're going to help me. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, she didn't take the money. I said, all right, I'll do it. And we began the work. Um, and she's still alive to this day. And uh, I think she moved to California every once in a while. She sends me an email. But I, I never know. And I've had a lot of arguments with people during that first session where I'm like, you know, no. I just can't do that. Or that is not your problem. You think you have candida or you think you have this. But I don't really think that that's what's going to help you if we go that way. And then we argue a little bit. And then it turns out that eventually through connecting and compromising because i always say you're i work for you you're the boss it's not like you're a west i'm a western doctor and i think i know everything it's like no you're the boss i'm going to give you my best advice and you want to follow it or if you don't want to follow it i'll find something else you like to do or something you're willing to do or something you're able to do but we will get you there so uh, I put Sounds myself. Sounds like you give them a little tough love when they need it. Sometimes I say, "Come on, you got you know, <laughs> you got somebody who's like, I'm not giving up coffee," and I say, "Well, oh, you're not? Do you know what just happened in my brain?" And they go, "What?" I go, "Cha-ching!" Oh man, they, what do you mean? I said, "As long as you drink coffee, you're going to keep coming back here with that same insomnia or that digestive problem, and I'm just going to keep making money." And I say that because when they hear that, they go like. Well, I don't really want to give you all my money, so maybe I should think about the coffee thing or whatever. But I do have people say I'm never going to give up coffee, so you got to work around that. Well, you got you know I'm I'm not going to fire them for that, right? And there and, and in a lot of ways, if they're being honest with with where they're at, then if that's how they feel in that moment, we can't, you know, as people who work in the healing professionals, we can't ever force anyone to take steps that they aren't willing to do. And you don't have to. I don't, don't, I don't have to because yeah. there is no perfection. Yeah. There's only like, hey, let's move towards the goal of feeling better. And, you know, and sometimes uh, I may see someone and they're like, I had a person today said, oh, yeah, I know you've been telling me for years to stop the coffee, but guess what? I stopped, and I really, my digestive things did get better, but then I had some coffee the other day, and now I'm having a hard time. That's why I'm here, but I'm going to quit the coffee. I quit. I already quit, so let's get me back to baseline, and I won't drink no more coffee. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, otherwise, they would drink coffee forever and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Very interesting. And, you know, I think this kind of goes to show and, you know, I have a lot of different folks on my on my show that work in the healing arts in different capacities and, and do all kinds of different stuff. And, you know, I, I think that there there is a healer for everyone. And if you're, you know, kind of giving people a little bit of tough love and making some some jokes about, you know, their coffee usage and how it's they're going to keep paying for it, like literally and figuratively, um, I, I think that there's so many different ways that we can uh, connect with different types of people. So um, it sounds like you're doing really good work over there, doing, even though you've got a little doing my best. You've got some uh, <laughs> some jokes in your back pocket, but uh, you know it works. So um, what what did you? Okay, so I know that you have um, you've got a lot of cleansing, which I'd like to chat with you about too. Um, now, 
because springtime is a big time for cleanse traditionally and now it's all like ayurvedic and which is the the indian form of nutritional healing um and is it in traditional chinese medicine as well the the spring cleanse culture ever in the world understood that there needs to be a time for cleansing and that was always in the spring I mean, here in in Western civilization, I have three times where people do my cleanse. September, because they just had a wild summer, Mm. um, or they're preparing for the holidays. Or after the holidays, you know, January 1st, because they went wild for the holidays, and the spring. That's very classic. That's that's the big time. But, I mean, Jesus' 40-day fast, you know, there was... That was a very classic uh, cleanse. A little tough on the old system, but... Yeah. Well, that's all, you know, if you don't have supplements, if you don't have certain things, well, then you, fa- you, you water fast. But, but tell us quickly, just break down what, what is cleansing, what does it do for us? Well, our bodies accumulate toxins. When the liver can't handle moving stuff out for whatever reason, it kind of stores it in the lymph, and then it stores it in the interstitial fluids and it winds up just staying in the cells and you generally become more and more polluted and when that happens you start to function lower and lower function you're still functioning you're still alive but you're more susceptible to the vagaries of whether it's a virus or just cold or hot or exhaustion or whatever and people notice they start going you know i just I don't feel as good as I used to feel. And then, you know, you go to your doctor and he goes, well, it's your age. But it, it's, it's never your age. Um, it's, you're just toxic. Um, so the, the thing about cleansing is there's a time where you uh, need to download those toxins out of your system. So you need to stop, stop putting garbage in because it's garbage in, garbage out. But garbage in sometimes doesn't equal garbage out. And there's the problem. So what you have to do is you have to stop putting garbage in, and then you have to increase garbage out. So when you say garbage in, what is garbage? You breathe in the air that's toxic. Um, You know, there's even organic food is using the same rain and, and air that's floating all over wherever the polluted places are, and it's dropping onto the organic field. So the, the food chain's broken. But let's go back to Jesus' time. Who knows? You're not eating good quality food. There's just not enough food. So you eat poor quality food. Something's a little bit, eh, you wouldn't eat it, but if you're starving, you eat it. So those things start building up, bacteria, virus, um, you know, different things like parasites. And so they start feeding off of this just kind of toxic environment. So what you need to do is undo that. So my original cleanse, way back when, so that was kind of like my first year as being an acupuncturist. Um, you know, I had a history before that of being macrobiotic and vegetarian and stuff. So I, I knew a lot about diet. Um, so I, I, when I was teaching yoga, I encouraged my students, I challenged them. I said, listen, let's do a 40-day cleanse, you know, for, for Lent. You know, so I had, I don't know, like 20 people did it. And every week I would give them a certain, you know, herb or product and some yoga exercises and things they needed to do. And I learned very quickly that uh, people would just go crazy, that their emotions would come up, their skin would break out, different things um, would happen. And when people's emotions are going crazy and their skin is breaking out, 
how do they know that this is because of the um, because of the detox and not because of their typical hormone cycles or how do they know that it's detox related? Well, that's pretty clear. If you you start doing a, a cleanse program and you're it's very classic. Uh, you know, it's called a Herx reaction, a detox reaction where your body is trying to throw these toxins off, but it really can't. It needs support. So during that time, during that Lent time, I would say, okay, I'm looking at people going through generally the same thing at the same time. So I started formatting, okay, this is what we need to do next. And so that kind of developed how to, what the sequence of cleansing is. But classically what happens is when you stop eating, um, your body doesn't have what it needs to get rid of the toxins you know there's not enough fiber there's not enough material not enough nutrition and at some point your body starts eating itself and as soon as it starts eating itself those amino acids that were part of your cells that are getting broken down become available to the liver for supporting a phase two detoxification pathway. And that's the magic when all of a sudden people go, oh my God, my skin cleared up, I feel great, I'm not hungry, I got all this energy. Um, The easier way to do that is just to provide those amino acids and the support that your liver needs, that your kidneys need, that your lungs need, uh, that your skin needs for getting rid of those toxins quickly. And so that's the nature of, of what you need to do you know, with a cleanse. Um, but people freak out. It's an emotional thing, too. It's like, you know, st- stop eating, you know, candy corn or whatever. And I've had people... Does anyone eat candy corn? Uh, it, it's true. They still do. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I had people call me up the day before the cleanse, and they go, I'm having the hardest time with this cleanse. I'm like, I've got a headache, and I'm, I'm like, sweating, and i got a stomach ache, and I'm like, well, what day are you on? Well, I'm going to start tomorrow. It's that emotional. I'm going to start tomorrow, and they're freaking out already, and they're having all these crises. And it, it, it's not a one-off. I've heard it many, many times. And then another thing that happens So it has the psychological and the emotional um, kind of hook before they even before, think about letting like it go. It's like something in our psyche knows, like, whoa, we can't be that person anymore. We mm-hmm. want to be a different person? Well, then you got to let go of something. And it, be- it becomes very hard. The other weird thing that always, it, it, this is a little funny thing, is that people call up on usually the third day of a cleanse. And they're like, oh, my God, I, I've got a headache or I've, I've got all, you know, I've, I, I just feel terrible. And, I'm, and I first question is, so did you stop drinking coffee? Yes, I did. I stopped drinking coffee. I said, it's going to be two more days and you'll, and you'll feel better. Or the worst is when people decide, that, you know, they're juicing. And they juice like 20 beets with their carrots. And they call up and they go, oh, my God. And it's a little graphic. Shut your ears off. You don't want to hear it. They go, my toilet is filled with blood. Uh, should I go to the hospital? Am I dying? I'm like, uh, did you use a lot of beets in your juice? Yeah, I did. You're not dying. It's just beats. Just beats. Just, just beats. They're, they're 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 like you know they're like they're freaking. There's out. a very funny. <laughs> there's a very funny uh, Portlandia sketch about that. I don't know if you've ever seen that sketch comedy show, um, but yeah, there's basically like an emergency reception and people are calling up with this, this problem and they're like, nope, it's just beats. Just beats. <laughs> yeah. It's just beats. Yeah, and I've I've had that conversation so many times. But you know, when I started cleansing, this wasn't 
a word in the American vernacular. Detox? No, not detox. Detox was like you're, you're a druggie and you're trying to get off of drugs. Mm. It was like cleansing was like, what is that? So that was like a long time ago. Then things progressed. So I've been doing those cleanses for, you know, I was on Nantucket. We did 40-day cleanses. Then someone said, oh, can you do a 20? Yeah, let's do a 20-day cleanse. Oh, can you do something less? And I played around with it. I found 11 days was the sweet spot of all cleanses. Then people said, oh, can I do a three-day cleanse? Yeah, no. what's what's the minimum for you? I know you said 11 is the sweet spot. I think 11 is the sweet spot. I, I've seen people get a lot of great results with a properly run seven-day cleanse. Um, but over the years, more and more people have started doing cleanses. And then famous people have started doing cleanses. Of course. And then people started trying to steal my cleanse. And that was another, you know, trip to the lawyer well let's let's talk to um let's talk about what is what is your cleanse that you that you current what's your what's your cleanse right now what is is your program i have an 11 i have a lot of different cleanses because everybody's different the 11 day cleanse is like the if you want to go from point a to point point b faster than any other way 11 days we're going to do yoga we're going to juice we're going to take supplements herbs we're going to do homeopathic remedies we're going to dredge that stuff out of your system and you are going to be better clear some time in your schedule well i actually made it for the working person yeah so it's set up so that you know you could you could work i've had people like flying and doing their cleanse yeah um so that that's a, a you know i like that cleanse and that's been the most popular cleanse like i had a guy out in california he was a trainer to the stars and so he would put them on that cleanse so it was always fun like someone would call me up and they'd say oh you know it's it's uh you know I should drop some names, but I'm not going to. Very, very <laughs> famous people, you know, um, like Britney Spears and Pink. I think Pink did more cleanses that, of my cleanse than anyone. I thought you said you weren't going to drop I'm any gonna names. I'm going to do it anyways. I can't <laughs> help myself. I, it's like, uh, yeah, you got to drop a name. And I, I could tell you, there is a, I don't, I don't even remember her name, but she is such a famous model and a really, really sweet person. Um, she did a ton of cleanses. Um, I don't even know her name to drop it, but she was really famous. That was fun, you know, because, and it's always like, like with David Duchovny, it's like, he has some secret name, which I can't say. So when you send it to the place, you send it with the secret name. Sure. And then he does the cleanse. He used to like the cleanse a lot. So nobody steals their mail. Yeah. It was, it was always fun. You know, I don't know. It's what it's, why is it so fun working with like really famous people? But there is like something really weird to it that you like go, oh, wow, I see you on the TV. It's like I know you, but you don't really know them. And after the 10 questions, I go like, wow, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know? people have all kinds of yeah, layers to yeah. them. It's, it's like funny like that. So And so your cleanse is, um, is a program, is a, is a dietary program as well as the herbs as well? Yeah, there's a special, special foods and they're categorized in four different groups because we go through phases. You know, day one, two. Day three, four, and five, and six, seven, eight, nine, and then you come out of it day one and two, nine and ten. So it's it's different for uh, targeting the different organs that that take place during that process. How did you how did you create this? Was it did you have a fever dream one night and you you were like ah this is to be done or was this sort of a a slow uh, evolution of practicing on yourself or, or how did how did this come well I about? think that going back to like the 40 day with my yoga students is I started figuring out like everyone would have a certain 
organ that was kicking in that they were having trouble with. Like when the liver kicks in, which is all about anger, they would come in railing at me. Just like, what is wrong with you? I, I can't believe you get me to do I can't do this. Uh, uh, oh, that's like, oh, classic liver anger stuff. Put the liver stuff in, you know, and, and then the grief, you know, the large intestine not wanting to let go and the grief, the lung, the large intestine, like, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and it's, oh, we got to do that. So I kind of like really figured out this pattern that I, I have, I've never seen anyone figure that pattern out. Um, but it was through experience. But then as the years went on, there's always a new product. That's why uh, I'm always studying, you know, because there's a new product. There's always a new product that does something better than that last product did. Mm. So when I see that product, I, I just intuitively know, I go, that's going to that's gonna work better. That's gonna skyrocket. That's the next definitely person. gonna work better. It's gonna make this program easier. And uh, you know, my whole goal is if you're having a Herx or a cleansing reaction, that means you're not doing it as well as it could be done. Mm. So I'm always trying to eliminate that part of the experience so that people have a great experience. But you know, everybody's different. Do you, when people are doing cleanses, do you have a certain start time? Do people do it when they want to do it? Because it sounds like you kind of also um, support people all over the country who are doing their cleanses at the same time. How do, um, how, how do the cleanses, how do people organize the cleanses? Well, I used to do group cleanses. Uh-huh. You know, we'd get 20 or 30 people together and we'd do it out in California. We'd do it at some hot spring or we, you know, and then, you know, it's a little bit too much for me traveling and doing all that. But mostly people just call up and they go, you know what, it's time for me to do a cleanse. And, and the same people call up same time of the year, just about, and they go, yep, it's that time, need to do a cleanse. They know their own <clears throat> systems at that point. They, they know when to do it and they call up and then they have a question or a problem. I'm always on the phone and, you know, you know, talking to them like that. But the best day to start an 11 day cleanse is a Thursday. Because you start on a Thursday, you have that weekend where you have a little bit, most people have more free time, and you finish on the following weekend on Sunday, so you have the last two days is like, okay, I made it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, where you can actually just decompress. I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm like good. You know? Yeah, just, and I feel like you need so much extra rest when you're on cleanses too. I feel like rest has always been a, a big part of my own role during those times. You know, and some people do the rest and some people like, um, you know, have a lot of athletes and you know people like that. And they go, I say, listen, you could do it, but you have an option. You have X amount of energy. You could use how much of it do you want to use for building muscle and how much do you want to use for cleansing? Because at some point, you're not cleansing, you're just building muscle. So you got to kind of play that that line. It's not a time to, you know, you know, becoming a Adonis. It's like, yeah, I just need to cleanse out and get my energy back. Yeah, that sounds really good. How often do you cleanse? Well, I try and cleanse once a year. Okay, springtime or a different time yeah, of the year? Yeah, springtime. Okay. Very cool. What are what are the results that you've seen for yourself? You know, every cleanse is different. Sometimes it's an emotional cleanse. Same cleanse, but something emotional gets cleared. You know, some old trauma gets jettisoned, and I'm like, wow, that's just not an issue anymore. I like, forgot about that memory, but now know, it's gone. <laughs> like, you know, somebody used to say, hey, what about? And I'd be like, mm. And now it's like, oh, that's, that's not an issue. Sometimes it's like, I lose a lot of weight. That's always my favorite, right? And, um, 
and sometimes I don't lose any weight, but my energy skyrockets. You know, and I, I go to work and I'm like, and I'm just buzzing all over the place and it's, it's great, you know, and sometimes it's that meditative thing where I don't want to do anything. I'll do my yoga. I do it slow. I don't even want to go to work. I just want to enjoy the bliss. So every cleanse is different. And that's the other thing. I never know when people call out, well, what, what level are they having their cleanse at? Is it a physical level, an emotional level, a spiritual level, you know? or a weight loss level, which is all of those things wrapped up in a ball. <laughs> of course. I know. It, it is really interesting. Sometimes people will start doing healing work and then just lose weight, and it'll be like, oh, you just let go of all that heavy emotions that you are carrying around in your hips or belly or whatever, and it's it just fades off without even having to do anything. This one company that advertises on TV, if I could remember the name, that they're the most popular, they hired me to put a cleanse together. And before they go on TV, they have these, you know, they made me make like 40 cleanses. And they had all these people do, and it was only a seven-day cleanse because they wanted to market it on TV. I mean, it was amazing. Like this one guy came back and he lost like over 20 pounds in seven days. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? We weighed, and this was, they weighed them three times a day. Every single day, they monitored everything they ate. They watched to make sure they did the cleanse exactly the way it was. And they said, yes, he lost this much weight. What was, do you think that's, is that all just going out number two? You know, he could have been full of whatever. And it, it, but it could be anything. You know, a lot of inflammation or swelling, a lot of weight is really due to swelling due to inflammation. Your body, inflammation's fire, right? So your body's trying to like pack as much water around the inflammation as it can, so you like swell up. So when people say, oh, that's just water, that's just water weight that you're losing. Well, it's not always just water weight. You're reducing your inflammation, and therefore your body does not need that kind of toxic water to try and, you know, put out the fire. So it just lets go of it. That's that's a net loss because the goal is to get rid of the inflammation mm. and your body's telling you, hey, I did that. And then, you know, there's intestinal stuff and, you know, what can you lose in seven days? Uh, you, all you can do is shrink your fat cells. They don't go away. They just shrink. Ah. Well, fat cells are there to store stuff. And if you're trying to get rid of stuff, toxic matter, too much water weight, whatever it is, and you go through the process, you will lose that toxicity. And you say, well, it's not really weight loss, but that swelling of your body interferes with your body's function, with the way you feel, with, with everything. You know, it stresses your heart, it stresses everything. So getting rid of that water is not just water loss, it's a net gain of health. Hmm. So it's a really, it's a bigger question than just water loss i love it well we're we're rounding out the hour so, so soon. i know it goes so, so fast these shows go so fast um tell us how people can find you um where where can they how can they find you well i you know they could go to clear point acupuncture uh, dot com mm-hmm. and they could see a little picture of me um, and your I, smiling face. My smiling face. I don't know how old that picture is. I may look better or worse. I can't remember. So clearpointacupuncture.com. Clearpo- Best place to go because you can email me from there. My phone number's there. 
clearpointacupuncture.com. And that has all your detox programs. It has and all, all your things that I do, why I do it, you know. Yeah. Some testimonials of nice people that you know, said stuff like that. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your world with us. And I think it's, um, it's really inspiring your path and you know, how, how far you've come and all the different twists and turns that you've taken over your career. So um, I think Northampton is very, is very lucky to have you here well, as a, you. as a healer. I like it here. I yeah. Really yeah. Fabulous. Well, um, we are finishing up. So we're just, um, saying goodbye uh, to Robert Abatello um, of clearpointacupuncture.com. And I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman. And be well, everyone. <laughs>